Good morning, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off tracted sukkah, the fourth chapter, 42b. The Gemara on the bottom, third line from the bottom. One day, took it over. The Gemara asked, I'm my Mishnah said, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to shake the lulu in the Esri. It falls on Shabbos. Why not? What's the problem with shaking the lulu in the Esri? It's just moving. I'm just moving it. I'm, I'm lifting it. I'm moving it. What's the problem? Yeah. There's, no, there's no prohibition. Maybe it's mukta, but there shouldn't the mitzvah of lulav and esrog override that? In other words, if... Right, so we should push off. Even, even if Shabbos is not the first day of even Chalamayid, should also push it off. I mean, you should also shake the lulav in the asik. Why? Why is it pushed off? Amarab, Rabbi says, "Gzeder shamit lenda biyadav elech asabake lilmeid." Maybe he'll take it, he'll carry it on Shabbos, and go into the public domain. He'll go to an expert to teach him the laws of the blessing and the shaking. Yeah, but then Rabbi Shus Rabbim, and he'll carry it for cubits in the public domain. He could have also said, Rashi says, he will take it out from the private domain to the public domain. But he says, why does he say this? Instead of saying maybe he'll exchange, he'll take it out from the private domain to the public domain. Because there are many cases where you don't have to worry about that. Let's say the Lulv and the Esrig are in a Carmelism, they're not in the, pub, in the private domain. Would, would it be allowed then? It's not, it's not in a private domain, it's in a Carmelist, which is no biblical prohibition to carry from a Carmelist to a private domain, and vice versa. So. So would I be allowed to take a little of the Esri? He says, no, then I, would either, I wouldn't either be allowed to take a little of the Esri because I'm worried maybe you're going to carry it in the street, in the public domain. If you walk for your four cubits, a little more than six feet in the public domain, while you're carrying, you violate, you desecrate Shabbos. Or it could be another scenario, even the little of the Esri on your home. Let's say if you lifted it up, but in order to, sh- to do the mitzvah in your house, then you decided, you know, let me walk to shul. Biblically, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be considered carrying. Because in order to, to violate the desecrated Shabbos, to be considered carrying, you have to lift it up and you have to put it down. You have to lift it up mm-hmm. in one domain, in the private domain, and put it down in the right. public domain, right. and vice versa. Here, when I lifted it up, my intent was not to carry it. My intent was that it should remain in the house. But then I decided that I'm going to walk away with it, walk out with it. That wouldn't be a prohibition. Biblically, that wouldn't be a problem. Because my intent, you follow the intent. When it comes to yeah. Shabbos, the Torah Pibbis creative work, you follow the intent. My intent wasn't to carry it out. Yeah. But nevertheless, it would still, it would, you would still not be allowed to carry it out for another reason. Because you may come, come to carry... You may come to carry it in the, in the, in the private, in the public domain. And that's why the rabbis say you're not allowed to shake the lulav in the yesterday. Uh, don't shake the lulav in the yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, childish, you mean, right? Yeah. Uh, I want it more, man. I want it more. Okay. By the time of the shaykh, that's the reason why the Shoshana that falls down on Shabbos, you don't blow shaykh, for this very same reason, because everyone has to hear Schaefer, and maybe not everyone knows how to blow Schaefer, so you may carry your Schaefer to the, someone to teach you, the rabbi to teach you, so you're going to come to desecrate Shabbos, and behind the time of the Megillah, and that's the reason for Megillah, 
for the same reason that if Purim, in the olden days when they used to set the calendar, it wasn't a set calendar, it was based on eyewitness, eye testimony. So they would, so they would, um, so you're not allowed to read the Megillah and Purim pulls out on Shabbos. This gives another reason why it doesn't say, no, Megillah, but the way the calendar is set, uh, yeah, but let's say in Yerushalayim, the way the calendar is set, Purim only, can only fall out on Friday, but in Yerushalayim, Shushim Purim falls out on Shabbat. Right. You don't read it on Shabbat. You, you read push it, it off to what? You read it, you read it Friday, yeah. Because you're not allowed to, the rabbis decree, you're not allowed to... This would be Saturday for them. You're not allowed to, carry, you're not allowed to read the Megillah, because you make carriers. Everyone has to hear the Megillah, so you make carriers. Tesis gives another reason why the Gemara says the problem is you may carry it four cubits in the public domain instead of saying you may transfer it from a private domain to public domain says because transferring we're not so worried because it's, it's obvious there's a, there's a demarcation between the private and the public so you're not going to come to mistake, mistakenly carry you know you're not allowed to carry in shops but to carry four cubits in the, pub, in the public domain, that's something that easily, easily you can slip into without even realizing that I just carried, I just desecrated Shabbos because I carried from the beginning of the four Amas to the end of the four Amas, from the beginning of six feet, a little more than six feet. So that's, mm-hmm. therefore, that, that's what we're more worried about. Okay. <laughs> Vega asks a very interesting question. He says, According to Ben Azay, every time you walk, it's considered like you're stopping. Every step that you make is considered like you're stopping. So even if you're carrying, how do you violate the prohibition of carrying, passing four amas, six feet, in the public domain? You have to lift it up in the beginning of the six feet and place it down in the end of the six feet. Here, every step that you make, you're lifting and you're, stop, you're stopping. You're lifting and you're stopping. So I, never, I can never violate the prohibition of four amas unless you take a jump. <laughs> you start here, you carry something, and you jump six feet. What are the likelihood that a person is going to jump? If Taishman says, if you're going to carry from, from the private to the public, you're not worried because you're going to remember. So surely a person is going to remember before he takes a jump, a leap forward, he's going to remember the Shabbos and you're not allowed to carry. Why are you so worried about it? So this was what the grandson of Rabbi Kiveger told his grandfather, his grandfather said, why did you become a chassid? He became a chassid, a katzker chassid, a fiery chassid. Said, what happened? Why did you become a chassid? He says, because of what you, you taught me. You asked this question, how is it in Rosh Hashanah? That, 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 that you, you, how is it possible? Why are we worried he's going to come to violate carrying on Shabbos, desecrating Shabbos? What are the likelihood he's going to jump? But from here I learned, because when you do a mitzvah, when a Jew does a mitzvah in katzk, in chassidus, when you learn Hasidus, you realize when you do a mitzvah, you do it with such joy that you're ready to jump. That's why the rabbis were worried. You're jumping with joy. You haven't done this mitzvah in a whole year. You can't, can't, can't sleep at night, so you're jumping with joy. So that's why the rabbis were afraid. <laughs> that's the case. Even if the first day of Sukkot falls on the Shabbos, I should worry. Why then are you allowed to blow Shafer? You must blow Shafer even for Shabbos. The first day, the rabbi said, you should blow at home. You're not allowed to carry. Remember they said, first they used to bring to the base of Migdash. Then the next day, they would, they would, uh, there was a melee, there was a hole, and they came, they came to a danger. So they instituted everyone should... Time to the temple, not today. Time to the temple, they would blow shoifer 
on the first day, even on a Shabbos. But they said, but but maybe come to carry. So the rabbis enacted everyone should do it at home, not on shul, not in the base in the base on Mikdash. Everyone's doing it at home. There's no worry. You're not worried when they come to carry. That's good after the rabbis enacted. But when they used to take it in the temple, why then weren't they worried you're going to come to carry for for Amis? Why did they allow you to shake Lulav and Esri the first day? Ella, the answer is. First day, which every Jew in the world is obligated to, to shake the yesterday, even outside the land of Israel, even outside the temple. Because you have to do, fulfill the mitzvah. You have to fulfill the mitzvah. The other days, the next six days of Sukkot, which biblically only in the temple you have to shake a little in the essence. Outside the temple you examine. Like God's rabbi, if the rabbi says it's, since it's only rabbinic, the rabbis did make did make a decree. Okay. So the Ritva asked, how about Shoifer? Why don't you? Why isn't there a prohibition? Why are you worried that they're going to carry? There's a prohibition to be privileged because it's a musical instrument. You're not allowed to play musical instruments on, on Shabbos and Yom Tov. He says, but, but in that case, you're never going to blow Shoifer. The rabbis can't remove a mitzvah altogether. Here they're saying Shabbos not, but in the weekday, if Rishon falls on the weekday, then then you do fulfill the mitzvah. So Shabbos not, that's fine. The rabbis have that power because they're not telling you to violate the Torah actively. They're telling you to passively not do a mitzvah. The rabbis have that power. Maybe that's why Rosh Hashanah is two days. Yeah, 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 yeah. But only one of them is biblical. That that's that's the problem. Taz says you don't have to worry about a musical instrument because the shayfud is meant you're not blowing it as music you're blowing it to fulfill a mitzvah the question is why is shayfud different he just said that the first day the rabbis did not make it this decree because it's biblical everyone is obligated to hear so therefore they didn't make any decree the shayfud is also biblical the first day the first day obligated to blow shayfud why did the rabbis make, make a decree? What's the distinction between Shafer and Lulav? And yes, because the difference is that Lulav, Lulav is on Sukkot. Sukkot, every Jew is obligated to make pilgrimage, to go to the temple. When you're in the temple, Jerusalem, all the rabbis are there, though, the Jewish Supreme Court is there, everyone is learning, so therefore you're not worried. You're not worried they're going to come to carry. Every Jew is in Jerusalem. You're obligated. But Shafer, you're not obligated. Everyone is at home. Rosh Hashanah, everyone is home. There's no mitzvah to make pilgrimage only three times a year. Sukkot, Pesach, and Shavuot. So everyone at home, the rabbis will worry. Even though it's biblical, you worry that you may come to carry. Okay, so the Gemara continues. If that's the case, you eat nami. Today also, why aren't we allowed to shake the lulav and the esrog on the first day if it falls out on Shabbos? Today we don't shake the lulav and the esrog, even the first day, even though we're biblically obligated to. Okay, according to what we said earlier, you could just say, listen, there's no temple today, so everyone is home, therefore we're worried. But anyway, that's what the Gemara asks. He says, Anan le'yadina mikvodayarichin. Because we don't know when is Rosh Chodesh. 
therefore, we don't know when is Yamtif. Maybe the Yamtif is not till tomorrow. They who did know when when is Yamtif. They did know when. So those who did know when when, when was Yamtif. They did. They did shake the lulav and the esrog even after the base of Megiddo was destroyed. But now we learned. We learn. That's one brayz. And then we learn. And other We're talking about two different periods, time periods. When there was a temple, everyone would go to the temple. Everyone would shake the lulav and the esrog in the temple. But when there was no temple, everyone would shake the lulav and the esrog in the shul. So we see that even when the temple was destroyed, they did continue to shake the lulav and the esrog when the first day fell out on Shabbos. Why? Because they knew. They knew exactly, precisely, that it was Yom Tov, 100%. Because they knew when the court decided. But those who were living outside the land of Israel didn't know. Then the rabbis said, you're not allowed to take it. Yeah, so therefore you're not allowed to shake the lulav and the esrog. How would they know when there was a changes of run? Uh, no, they would, they would send messengers out in Israel. They knew when the messengers, the messengers would arrive in time. But outside, far-flung communities, they wouldn't get there in time. There, there aren't that many days to travel. The messengers can't travel in Rosh Hashanah, it's a holiday. They can't travel in Yom Kippur, it's a holiday. You have two Shabbos in between. So four days, you can't travel. So they only had ten days to travel to, to let everyone know. So there was no, you know, so many communities, far-flung communities, they couldn't reach. So they wouldn't know if it's, if it's Sukkot or not. Is it the 15th or not? We don't know. Is Elul a 20, was Elul a 29-day month? Was it a 30-day month? So they don't know. Maybe today is Sukkot, maybe today is not Sukkot. So out of doubt, they would keep Sukkot. But out of doubt, you can't desecrate Shabbos. You have to worry. You can't say, go shake Lulav and the Asterix. No, we worry. Maybe we'll come to carry and desecrate Shabbos. Yeah, the court would have to decide. The court would have to decide. There's no fixed calendar. It's not like we give you a calendar today. There's no fixed calendar. It depends on the witnesses. It depends on witnesses came and saw and testified. They saw the birth of the new moon. And the court had to interrogate them, and the court had to accept them and receive them, and then decide and announce that it's Rosh Chodesh. If none of those steps happened, it wasn't Rosh Chodesh. Then the next day would be Rosh Chodesh. So everything depended. It was, so we didn't know. No one knew, right? Mother says, says, Mother says, How do we know that there's a biblical obligation for every Jew to shake the lulav and the esrog outside the temple? Anywhere in the world, well, the means he can't have one Jew shake the lulav and the esrog for everyone. Every Jew has to shake himself, right? You have to own it. Remember, you can't borrow it, and you can't, you can't, of course, you can't steal it. The first day, even outside the temple, outside Jerusalem, outside the, Israel, even anywhere in the world, the Jew is obligated to shake the Only the first day, only the first day. Do you push off, the sh- even if it's on Shabbos, you shake the lulav in the ass? 
But any other day of Sukkot, if it falls on Shabbos, you don't shake the wheel of the Yes. Okay, that's the price. I'm a mile. The master says, It's only Muktzah. There's no biblical prohibition. What's the problem? What's the problem with shaking the Lulav and Esther? I need a Pasuk. It's a Gerald of Mishra Tiltal. I need a Pasuk, a verse to teach me that it's allowed. I'm a Rabbi Rabbi Anselin. This is a Machshiri I need a Pasuk to tell me that I'm allowed to do things to prepare the Lulav. If I have to cut the lulav in order to do the mitzvah, following this tanya that holds the tanya lulav of hamachshir of deichon seshabes yom avlezer avlezer holds when the Torah tells me to do a mitzvah and the mitzvah overrides Shabbos, it's not only doing the actual mitzvah that overrides Shabbos. For example, the bris, cutting the child, doing the actual bris, but even the machshir and anything that I need to prepare. Let's say I have to make a knife. I don't have a knife. I have to sharpen a knife on Shabbos, which you're not allowed to do, but this overrides the mitzvah of a bris, overrides any preparations that are necessary in order for me to fulfill this mitzvah. Same thing over here. Let's say the only way for me to fulfill the little of is I have to chop it off the tree. I didn't have a chance before Shabbat So the Tater would allow me. The tater says, I'm allowed to. But when? Only if it's the first day. The first day of Yom If it's on Shabbos, the Tater allows me to do anything I need according to this opinion. The rabbis disagree with Rabbi Lezer. According to the opinion of Rabbi Lezer, that's why I need a Pasuk to teach me that the first day I'm allowed to desecrate Shabbos in order to fulfill the mitzvah of the My time with Rabbi Lezer. What's the reason of Rabbi Lezer? Because I'm a Krav. Bayoim, I feel a B'Shabbos. Because it's Bayoim. Bayoim comes to teach me even on Shabbos. But Rabbanon, according to Rabbis, Bayoim, they need the Bayoim to teach me the day. Only fulfill the obligation of Lulav and only during the day, not at night time. How does he know that since he needs Bayim to teach me that I'm allowed to do everything on that day, on Shabbos, even if it falls on Shabbos, I'm allowed to do everything necessary in order to fulfill the mitzvah. How do I know that the mitzvah of Lulav and Esik is only during the day, not at night? Nafkele, we learn it out. Me say for the Kedah from the end of the pasuk. It says, You should rejoice in front of Hashem seven days. Yamim. The Torah spells out days. It's not night time. But and the rabbis, they'll respond. from I would learn days from Sukkah. Sukkah also says you should sit in the Sukkah seven days, right? right. When it says days by sukkah, it's not coming to exclude night time. I'm not obligated to sit in the sukkah at night. Of course, I'm obligated to sit in the sukkah 24 7, day and night. When he says, It's not coming to exclude night. That's according to the rabbis. That's why I need by Yom to emphasize no, only during the day and not at night. Like what if a sukkah go for minolam? How do we know? Maybe sukkahs, maybe you're, you're right. Maybe sukkah, I should only be obligated to sit in the sukkah during the day. It says, by sukkah stage, for Shiva's Yom, sit in the sukkah seven days. He says, Yom is days and not night. Maybe at night I'm exempt from sitting in the sukkah. So he says, no. And the learned the rabbis learned that sukkah stage is Yom, 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 Y
Days including nighttime. You say that days means including nighttime. No, perhaps it's not so. Maybe Maybe it's only days and not night. Why? It makes sense. It says over here, you should sit seven days in the sukkah. And it says by lulav, you should rejoice in front of Hashem seven days. Just like by lulav. And the four species, it's only day and not night. Mm-hmm. So Afghan over here, it's very precise. Yamim Valelis. The title uses the exact same language. It means day and not night time. Maybe I'm exempt from sitting in the sukkah at night. Oi, or perhaps no. Or I'll say I'll say it in a different way. Nemer kan yamim and nemer miluyim. Here it says seven days. It says Bamiluyim. The seven days when they dedicated the tabernacle before they permanently erected the tabernacle on the eighth day and the first day of Nisan, the seven days before that, it says they should sit by the tent. They had to sit by the, by the, by the tent, by the door of the tent, day and night, the Koyanim. So they couldn't leave. Maybe here also it means days, even night. So which way should I go? So Nida, let's look. Which is more similar? Let's learn something at the mitzvahs the entire day from something at the mitzvahs the entire day. The dedication was a full time, a full day. So two sukkahs is a full day, the entire day. You have to eat in the sukkah, you have to drink in the sukkah, you have to sit in the sukkah, you have to relax in the sukkah, whatever. You read your paper in the sukkah, drink your coffee, have your conversations, whatever you're doing in the sukkah, doing the sukkah, whatever you do. So it's a full day. So better, it makes more sense to learn, derive yamim of sukkah from yamim of the seven days of dedication rather than learn it from lulav, which is not similar in one moment, I, I pick up the little of an I've already done the mitzvah. How can you compare that to sukkah? Sukkah is a constant mitzvah. This is a one-moment mitzvah. Maybe I'll say the exact opposite, a different way. They had done in Davish and Tvasa Lidaydays. Yeah, except maybe learning, because learning, you have to have peace of mind. Yeah. Maybe we say no. Better learn. Done in Davish and Tvasa Lidaydays. Learn a mitzvah which is throughout all generations. Midavish and Tvasa Lidaydays. One of the 630 mitzvahs, one of the conditions, one of the roots. Maimonides lays it out. In order for a mitzvah to be included in the 613 mitzvahs, it has to be a mitzvah which is for all generations. That's the root number three, very important uh, foundation, that, uh, that it has to be a mitzvah which is for all generations. A, a mitzvah which is only for one generation is not counted as one of the 613 mitzvahs. So the mitzvah of the dedication of the tabernacle was a one-time deal. Anything one-time deal doesn't count in the 613 mitzvahs. So, so, so therefore, versus sukkah is for all generations, one of the 613 mitzvahs, lulav is for all generations, one of the 613 mitzvahs. So therefore, better learn a mitzvah which is throughout all generations from mitzvah throughout all generations rather than learning from miluyim and dedication which is a one-time deal. It's a one-time deal. I can't learn from it. So there, it's days and night. But here, maybe days by sukkah means days and not night. Just like lulav. So we continue on side B, 43B. We use the code word, Here it says, 
And it says by the Meluyim, by the dedication, also it says the exact same word, Teshu. So logically, I couldn't on my own. I couldn't. I couldn't weigh in. I couldn't say which one is superior. Mm-hmm. Do I learn from the lulav or do I learn from from the meluyim? But the Torah gives me the code and the answers of teish for teish. That's why sukkah is the seven days. Mm-hmm. But once I learn that sukkah, right? Sukkah is seven days. And um, and then a day and night. That's why sukkah sukkah is day and night. So why does it say by Yoim according to Rabbis? It says by Yoim to teach me that even I'm sorry according to Rabbi Lezer, Why does it say by Yoim? By Yoim comes to teach me that even even on even on Shabbos. The Mishnah said that when do you do the Adrava all seven days? If it's the seventh day falls on Shabbos, mm-hmm. then you do Adrava all seven days. Why does Adrava on the seventh day of Sukkot, if it falls on Shabbos, you take the out of the extra Adrava that you do in the temple, the extra myrtle, uh, willow? To publicize that it's not Torah, it's biblical, even though it doesn't say anywhere in the Torah. Mm-hmm. So, so we have to choose one day to publicize that if Shabbos falls out on any other day of Sukkot, you don't do the Arab. But one day we have to choose, so they chose the seventh day, the seventh day of Sukkot falls on Shabbos, you do it even on Shabbos to publicize that it's biblical. It's not just a, a custom, it's biblical. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, Lulav also one day it should push off Shabbos. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If that's the case, Lulav also overrides in the temple. Lulav in the temple, which is biblically obligated in the temple to shake Lulav all seven days. Yeah. It should also push off Shabbos. You should, you should shake the Lulav in the Esther. Hmm. The mother has, just like he said, that Adrava. So you had to do, if it falls out one day, it falls out on Shabbos, the seventh day falls out on Shabbos, we have to push it off just to publicize that it's biblical. Otherwise, you wouldn't know it's biblical. So the fact that Lulav, the fact that Lulav pushes off the first day, okay, that tells us that there's a mitzvah to shake the Lulav and the Esek on the first day. Every Jew in the world is obligated to shake the Lulav, and that's why he pushes off Shabbos. We don't make any decree. But in the temple, in the temple, there's a mitzvah to shake the lulav and the esek all seven days. And that doesn't say clearly in the Torah. It's something we derive, we deduce. It says you should rejoice in front of Hashem. Seven days, the rabbis expound that it means that in front of Hashem, when you're standing in front of Hashem inside the temple, you're obligated to shake the lulav and the esek all seven days. But we should do something to publicize that. Besides the first day. The first day, every, anyone in the world shakes the lulav and the esek. It's the first day. 
But in the temple, we should choose a day, another day, to demonstrate, to publicize that shaking a little in the esrik inside the temple is biblical, unlike outside the temple. Outside the temple, you're not mandated biblically to shake a little in the esrik. It's only rabbinic. But inside the temple, inside the temple, you're biblically mandated to shake a little. So we should do something, choose one day of the next six days, that even if it falls out on Shabbos, you should shake a little in the esrik in the temple to, to publicize that it's biblical. That's the Gemara's question. Uh, but we, there's a decree. We're worried he may come to carry it. So Arava also you should be worried about. says Who brings the Aravas? The messengers of the court. They bring it before Shabbos. And the mitzvah is not for the every person. The koyanim which surround the mizbeah. So it was done by the experts. It was done under the supervision of the koyanim, of the shluchim, of bezdin, of the bezdin, of the court, and the koyanim. So you have nothing to worry about. But the lulav and the essay, which every Jew is going to bring himself, there we, we, we make a decree. They were worried. Lulav lakel That's the case called Yemen and every day it should, put, it should push off. Any day that it falls out on Shabbos, it should push off. We should push off a little bit. Even on the first day. It says, if that's the case, that Adrava, if that's the case, that Adrava, you're not worried. You're not worried. There's nothing to worry about because it's not given to each individual. The messengers of the Jewish Supreme Court, they're the ones who are in charge. And they give it to the Kohenim and they surround them with the So every day, every day I should do Adava, no matter when, which day of circus falls out on Shabbos. There's no worries. Why shouldn't they? Lulav and Esrik, there's a worry, there's a decree. It's only the first day because every Jew in the world is biblically obligated, so you shake it, fine. Not any other day. But here, there's no, there's no decree, there's no reason why it shouldn't. It's not Muktzah, it's not a problem of Muktzah, it overrides it, it's biblical. And there's no need to worry. Someone's going to carry it. Why should anyone carry it? It's not given to everyone. It's given to the experts. Mud answers. The problem is they're going to come to laugh. They're going to come to treat lulav lightly. You say, you see, Adava we do on Shabbos. Lulav we don't do on Shabbos. Mm. So it means lulav is not that significant. Lulav in the midst of the four species is not that significant. So therefore, you can't make the Adava put it on a higher pedestal than the Lulav. So if the Lulav and Esri, we only push off one day, if it's the first day, so to the Adava, we only push off one day, if it's the seventh day. <clears throat> Then let's push off the first day together with the Lulav. Why the seventh day? Then they won't publicize it. You're not going to publicize that the Adrava is biblical. People will say, Amri, they'll say, Really, they'll say that you're pushing off. Lulav is the main thing. It's the Lulav that pushes off. Because you're already shaking Lulav. And the answer, that's why you're already doing the Adrava. But Adrava per se will never push off Shabbos. On the seventh day, however, when the Adrava per se, I'm not shaking the Lulav in the Yasser. It's Shabbos and I'm not doing Lulav in the Yasser. And I'm doing that over that publicized. Wow, this must be biblical. It must be. It must be very, very special. 
than any day. Why the seventh day? You just need one day. Choose a day. Why a why a why a seventh day? And also, not every year, not every year, does, does the seventh day fall out on Shabbos. So a year with the seventh day doesn't fall out on Shabbos. Then 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 you're done. Then you're not doing the the, the Adrava in that day. You're not doing all seven days. Why? Why don't you? Why don't you just pick one day? No, ju- I mean, ju- just pick one day, any day. Why? Why pick that day? Well, the difference is because it's Shabbos. It's Shabbos. He's not allowed to find. But why the seventh day? If you, any day, why? What's special about the seventh day? Since you 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 said not the first day, you can't do the first day. So you read the seventh day. Which is an important day. The first is important. There's nothing like the first, the you know, right? The founding father, the first, and the seventh is the conclusion. Like Shabbos, the seventh are beloved. The seventh. So if you're not doing the first, do the seventh. Fine. The mother says, "He want to continue." Then today, thank you. Only good news. If that's the case, today you should also push off. Today you should also push off. When we only do Adava on the seventh day, even if it's Shabbos, even if it's Shabbos, we should do Adava today. Uh-huh. We don't know if it's if it's really the the right day. We don't know. We don't have a fixed. We don't have a fixed calendar. We don't know what the best decided if it's really yantif or not. If it's the right day, seventh day. We might ask, but inu the other who don't who do know what the court decided. Don't forget, they decided the based on the court. This was till the end of the Gemara, almost till the times of Rava, including the times of Rava, which was basically almost at the end of the Gemara, hundreds of years after the destruction. They still didn't have a fixed calendar. They, they every month they decided based on testimony. It was a court, so Nechisol they did know when is when is the right date, the precise date. So Nechisol they should check the the Arava, even if it falls out on Shabbos. Give me the litchis. What answers? Also, bad head here. But had you came from Israel to Babylon, he said that in the land of Israel they make sure that the seventh day of Sukkah should not fall out on, on Shabbos. Ravin came, and all those who came down from Israel went down. When you're leaving Israel, you're going downhill. Came down from Israel, which is on a mountain, to Babylonia, which is in the valley, and and not only physically you're going downhill on every level, spiritually. Amri, they said, Ikla, If you know the seventh day would fall out on Shabbos, and nevertheless it doesn't push off Shabbos. Why? Velakasha? Why not? Why not? They know when it is. If you want to publicize the idea of a rava, why shouldn't it push off Shabbos? Who says that that rava has to be lifted up? Dilma, perhaps, In the base Amigdash, you have to put it against the altar. Today we don't have we don't have that mitzvah. Who says the mitzvah is to take that over? The mitzvah of that over, the biblical command is to put it against the altar. 
That's the commandment. When there is no altar, there's no biblical mitzvah to take that up. I can't fulfill the mitzvah of Arava. There's no, there's no altar to put it up against. You used to take big Aravas and put it up against, against the surrounding altar. So today, there is no altar. There's no biblical obligation to take the Arava. So there's no, what, what's there to publicize? Today, it's only a rabbinic to commemorate what they once did in the temple. Yeah. Yeah. As we learn in the Mishnah, Lulavadava Shisha Vashiva. The Lulavadava sometimes it's six days and sometimes it's seven days. My love. Kilulav. Surely Lulav is like Adava is like Lulav. Malulav Vinatila. Just like Lulav. The mitzvah is to take the Lulav. So do the Adava. The mitzvah is to take the Lulav. The Adava. The mitzvah is not to put it against the altar. That's what they did afterwards. The mitzvah is taking it in your hands. Yeah. So therefore, why don't we commemorate? Why in the land of Israel didn't they uh, take the Adrava, the extra Adrava, the extra willow, even if it fell out, when the seventh day fell out on Shabbat? No, it's not so. They used to surround the altar with a lulav, not with the Adrava, holding Adrava in their hand. They used to put the Adovas, lean it against the altar. First they leaned the Adovas against the altar, then they circled with the, with the four species. But not everyone took an Adovas in their hand and circled. So there's no mitzvah, there's no biblical commandment to take an Adovas in your hand, only to put it against the altar. Today there's no altar, there's no biblical mitzvah. Hmm. That everyone used to hold the Adovas and circle the altar. Amalei. He says he used to hold a, each Jew in addition to the four species would add, take an extra willow and go around the altar. But I say, I disagree with him. I say no. They used to, they used to around, uh, used to around, uh, um, Ravin. Ravin says, I say they used to go around with the, uh, yeah. I they used to go around um, yeah, Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef says, I, I say they, 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 they no, uh, the Jews would not hold the extra adava. They would put it, put a lean it against the altar, and then they would go circle the altar with a lulav and learn This is an argument. Rabbi Loza says he used to circle around with the four species. That's it. In addition to the four species, each one would hold an extra willow. And, and circle the old according to that answer why in Israel didn't they take the Adrava if it fell out on Shabbos when they knew when the, when the, when the, when the, that it was a precise date the answer is because they used to make sure they used to make sure the Besdin would make sure to, to decide when is Rosh Chodesh to make sure that Hashayin Rabba never fell out the seventh day never fell out on Shabbos Firstly, it wasn't only the people in Israel they were worried about. Any Jews outside of Israel also. They, they don't want people to forget this whole idea of Arava. That to commemorate, they wanted everyone to shake the to, to hold the Arava, to do the whole ceremony we do, the Shine Arava. So they made sure it shouldn't fall out on Shabbos. But, but previously, when they asked Rabbi Yisuf, they asked, Abai asked Rabbi Yisuf, he says, Isn't Lula like Arava? Just like here, you take it, it's all that obvious. He says, no, midi how could you compare? How could you say, how could you say? A rava you shake, and, and, uh, and the adava you just, you just put a lean against, against the wall. 
Okay, now the Gemara says. Amale, we conclude. Amale, Raviz, Amale, Rav, Raviz, Obede, Rav, Rachana, Rav, 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 Rachana, Baruri, son of Tayr. Yitzchak was the son of Rabbi Rachana, son of Tayr. Let me tell you something outstanding that your father said, Rabbi Rachana. That we learned in our Mishnah. That we learned in the Mishnah. That each of the six days of Sukkot they would they would circle the altar once. Say I am on the seventh day. Makivas and Mizbeah. Shabbat Shalom. Seven times. This is what your father said. Name Rabbi Lazar. Balul. Circle with a lulah, not with Arav. Now Abaya continues with his challenges to Rav. Eisvei, let me ask you. We learned in the Brayis a lulav deichas a Shabbos b'tchilase lulav override Shabbos if it's the first day of of Sukkot. And Rav and that Rav overrides Shabbos if it's the seventh day of Sukkot. Falls out on Shabbos. Pamachas once chal shvish Rav liyaz b'Shabbos once the seventh day of Rav fell out on Shabbos. If he murbiyas Rav and Shabbos. So what did they do? They brought the shoots of the Rav of the willow on Shabbos if Friday. Before Shabbos, when Nichem Bazara, they placed them in the temple courtyard. The Kidavim by Susim, not the Mukav from Tachos Avonim, the by Susim, the heretics, those who didn't believe in the oral Torah. So it doesn't say anywhere in the Torah. The only written Torah doesn't say anywhere in the Torah. You have to do this Arava. Doesn't say. So what they did was they didn't want them to do this. So what did they do? What they did was they went and they hid them under the rocks. Now, the, the rabbis are not going to remove rocks on Shabbos, it's muks. <laughs> so they will be stuck. Right. So even though the Gemara said earlier, the Gemara asked, what's the problem uh, with taking a lulav? It's only muktzah. Surely the biblical obligation of shaking the lulav and asset overrides muktzah. So why don't you say the same over here? The biblical obligation to shake the, the, to take the arava on this, uh, uh, should override should override uh, mukta. Mm-hmm. but he says no since if I rather you don't say it. for Lulav you would say because since he could have done it before Shabbos so therefore it doesn't override Shabbos Lulav you can't take before Shabbos you have no choice so I must override mukta here I could have removed the stones before Shabbos, so therefore any mukta which I could have done before Shabbos, the rabbis say would not override, override Shabbos. Question is, why can't they tell a non-Jew to remove it? I can tell a non-Jew to violate a rabbinic prohibition in order to do a mitzvah. The answer is very simple. A non-Jew is not allowed inside the temple. <laughs> Even, even beyond the hill, even beyond the hill, a non-Jew is simply physically not allowed inside the temple, so that's not an option. <laughs> so what happened? The Bacher, the next day, some ignoramuses recognize what happened. They, they, took the, they, they took them out of, from under the rocks. They're ignorant. They don't know the laws of Mukta. And they believe within the sages. So they were not aware of the prohibition of muktzah. So right. they went and they pulled it out from under the rocks. And once it was already out of the rocks, the kainim went and, and, and stood them up on the side of the altar. 
Why did the Baisusim act this way? The Baisusim don't believe that the obligation of Arab overrides Shabbos because they hold it's not biblical. Alma, what do we see? The mitzvah is by taking the branches in the hand. Not by standing it. Right. So the Brisa says, "Aim by Susan made him shechibutarava." Chibutarava means taking it in your hand. He should have said that by Susan don't hold that placing it, leaning it on the altar is biblical. That's not what the Brisa says. The Brisa says that by Susan don't believe that chibut. Chibut means holding it in your hand. What it says to Yufta, it is a refutation of Rabbi From Here we see this Brisa holds clearly that the Canaan would, would take that Rav and circle the altar with them. And only then would they stand that Rav up on the side of the altar. So if that's the case, so the question remains, right. after the destruction of the Temple in Israel, when they know for certain that this is the right date, let it override, let it override Shabbos. But the answer is, Since we don't override it, anyone outside the land of Israel. Therefore, the rabbi said that even in the land of Israel, it should not override it. They don't want to split the Jewish people into half, into factions. Some yes, some not. What do you mean? Every yamtiv is like that. Every yamtiv, the Jewish people are split in half. Mm-hmm. Those in Israel keep one day yamtiv, and we keep two days yamtiv. So, why is this any different? So, I'm reading about answers. We continue on 41a. For them. No, I'm sorry, he said the same thing. He said that since outside the land of Israel, they don't know if it's, if it's certain for Yom, certainly Yom, therefore, you said that we don't shake the Lulav and the Esrik, even if it's the first day of Shabbos, because we're not certain. But in Israel, when they are certain, they do shake the Lulav and the Esrik. That's what you brought a proof earlier. It said in the Brayser, they would bring it to Shul. When there's no temple, they'll bring it to Shul. So why over there aren't you, aren't you worried? You're right. You're right. You're true. You're right. Today there's no temple. In, even in Israel they don't shake Lulav and Esrik if the first day falls out on Shabbos. Not to split and divide the Jewish people. And then, but it remains difficult. You brought a proof from the Braise. One Braise it says that they would bring it to the temple. And another Braise says, you brought a proof clearly that when the temple then they would bring the Lulav to the temple everyone shook Lulav and Esrik in the temple if there is no temple they would go to Shul and we see that even when there is no temple they would shake Lulav and the Esrik if the first day fell out on Shabbos in Israel I think about Eloi that's not the answer we have to both are talking about when the temple existed here it's talking about in the temple, but those big volumes, those are outside the temple, those are outside Jerusalem. So they would bring it to Shul. In Israel, they would shake a little of an but only in the time of the temple. So you're saying I should just 
Because in the times of the temple, everyone brought, not only in Israel, everyone shook the lulav in the ass. But in, in, in outside the now, today, when there's no temple, and we don't know when, when is Rosh Chodesh, therefore, therefore, um, therefore, nobody shakes a little bit yesterday, even if it's the first days on Shabbos. No one does the Adrava, uh, even if it's the seventh days on Shabbos. Stop here, everyone have a wonderful, wonderful.